I kind of prided myself in my authenticity of like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. No, the image of me that everyone liked was the person that said, I don't give a fuck what everyone thinks. <laughs> like, it's a character. You know what I mean? It's an insecure girl playing a character that doesn't give a fuck, but she's good at acting. So people buy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. The bitch is back. I know this episode is a little later in the week than normal. I usually try to get them done by like Mondays or Tuesdays. But this week has been um, interesting and it's been different. And I wanted to check in and give y'all an update. And I'll give you a little bit of an intro as far as like what my day has looked like. Um, It's about... 1130 right now. So I've been up for, I don't know, six hours and the beginning of my day started strong and I did my yoga and I meditated and I'm going to give y'all an update on that as well. But I woke up and I started strong and then this like panic set in that I was like, I, I have been putting off doing a podcast because Monday I didn't do it because I was like, well, I'll do it Tuesday. Well, my work schedule came out Monday, which is fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But I was scheduled to work Tuesday. And I, Tuesdays, I don't know if y'all remember or if you've listened to me on here before, but Tuesdays were like my non-negotiable days, right? And I'm looking at the list right now, things to finish by Tuesday. So Monday, I didn't do it because I was honestly having like kind of a bad mental health day. And I mean, it wasn't, it was fine. It wasn't overwhelming, You can hear me right now. I'm still like fighting a cold. It's been like a week and a half of me trying to bounce back and my throat. I mean, I've gotten better, obviously, like better than I was before, but it's just been like my tonsils are so swollen. I couldn't breathe. I was struggling to like breathe. I didn't want to do anything, but of course I did because I was like, no, you said you were going to like plan for spring you know the metaphorical spring like this is winter and you're supposed to be doing all of the things to plan for spring so I was going to start planning um with my business like start making moves with that as far as planning the retreats and all the things the ideas I have for that basically the overwhelm set in and y'all know I feel like I'm I know that I'm not alone in this struggle um but I I get that feeling where I get overwhelmed because I have too many tasks that I have to do. So instead, you know, you shut down and you do nothing. And that's kind of sometimes how it becomes creatively. So like, especially with the podcast, it's never me not knowing what I can talk about or like what I want to talk about. It's kind of me narrowing it down for me picking. I don't know why this just came to me, but like picking something to record about is like picking what you want to eat. You know, it's not that I'm not hungry right? And in a perfect world, you're hungry, you pick something to eat and you eat it. In a perfect world, I think of a podcast topic, I record it, like I talk about it and then I publish it. But that's not how it goes. I get all of these ideas and I'm recording only one a week or publishing one a week um, of the podcast. So I'll do, I'm doing other outlets as far as you know, journaling or I'll make TikToks or videos or whatever. I've got all these different things, but I haven't been able to put it on the podcast because I think, and I started thinking about it and was like, I need to publish more than one episode a week. So then that set in. And of course, when I had the idea, it's like, okay, we'll start doing it right now or you're a failure. So now that's been kind of like looming over my head. <laughs> so this, I feel like this is resonating with you guys, even if it's not this exact situation. Obviously, not everyone who listens to my podcast has a podcast, but it's, the idea of overwhelm that like all of these things start setting in and then the the shame that you haven't done it properly or immediately settles in. And then I'm like, well, I can't do anything because I'm just going to go back and do something to like numb the pain or the discomfort that I'm feeling. And we've talked about this before. Glenn and Doyle calls them easy buttons, but you know, it's that thing that you reach for when you feel the feeling come up or you feel that discomfort. So for example, for me, like I'm becoming aware of it and noticing it and I've done it before, but now I'm starting to notice it on a deeper level. Cause you know, there's layers to the shit. We say this all the time, like you're never fully healed. Um, 
which is also going to lead me into my next point. But, you know, we get this. So the easy button that I was noticing and another way to look at it, like I saw it kind of differently this time was it's red flags because I caught myself wanting to go back to those self-sabotaging behaviors. And Brooke, if you haven't listened to, I think it was the last episode I published with Brooke Laredo, she talked about that. And we talked a lot about self-sabotage and she really kind of helped bring that to the forefront for me. So I noticed it like when I would get stressed and overwhelmed, my immediate response is to like numb. And that can be through anything. It could be substances But it can also be um, like TV or hanging out with friends. I saw a lot of those old kind of nervous, like neurotic habits and emotions. That's what it felt like was very like frantic. I noticed a lot of those coming back up for me. So it was like red flag. Like this is depression. I was calling a lot more friends. Like I'm normally really good on my own. And that, by the way, was not always like that. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like a moment of regression. Like, I was looking at my behavior and I was kind of regressing. And I want to be aware of it because obviously I'm a human and it's going to happen. Like, that's the part that I need to realize and kind of let go of that shame. But being aware of it and noticing it ahead of time kind of keeps me from falling so deeply into it. So rather than being down for, you know, two weeks, two months, two years, four years, like I've, there have been times where it's just been like years of me not being able to claw my way out of that. So this time I kind of noticed it and I gave myself grace or I tried to give myself grace as I noticed like the biggest red flag for me. I don't know if this resonates with anyone else, but the biggest red flag when I realized I was sleeping on the couch, like I, I I was going to sleep on the couch. So I was laying down watching TV and I'm usually not on the couch anyway. I'm on my little like recliner, but I was laying on the couch and I laid down and I felt myself not want to get out of bed and sleep on the couch. And I was like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Like I told myself at some point in the past years that was like, Hey, this is an early warning sign. You know, in the times that I was paying attention to my behavior patterns, it was like you sleeping on the couch is a red flag. So talk to me. And I recognize that looking back at my life as a new mother and into the first, you know, two years of my son's life, I just wasn't getting any sleep. I was, I had horrible postpartum depression. Like it was a really, really rough time. And one of the main things was, um, that I noticed because when I looked back on it, when I looked back with grace, I was thinking about my ex-husband. And at the time, like he, I think I resented him for not noticing the signs because I'm like, how could you look from the outside and see me like sleeping on the couch, not putting on um, clothes throughout the day, like staying in a robe all day. Huge, 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 huge red flag for me. Um, And it's not something that I want anyone to feel shame about because like, (laughs) when I say I have robe trauma, you'd be like, that's so specific and like so niche but I swear to god all my trauma is but like I have this thing with robes like I didn't want to put robes on because he kind of used to not kind of he did used to shame me and I'm not holding it against him but in an effort to not take away from my suffering and my feelings about it uh, I want to stop protecting people so much when I was the one who was the victim you understand so like I'm not trying to villainize him at all, but looking back on it, he definitely could have handled it better. There were a ton of things I could have handled better. Do not get me wrong, obviously, but to see someone not be able to change out of their clothes, like don't call them lazy, you know, like I'm not lazy. I was depressed. Like I was, I didn't want, I was struggling. I didn't, I didn't want to get up throughout the day. And now when I see myself do those things, I catch myself not wanting to put on clothes. I make myself, even if it's just a pair of yoga pants, like it doesn't have to be anything cute, but I need the act of like putting on pants every now and then. And I feel like this to some people, this may sound so crazy, but I swear to you, I'm like, this is the best advice that I can give you. Like, put on pants. And I can't remember. 
who I was just listening to was on some podcast and it was a woman talking about how her therapist made her go out and leave the house once a day. She was like, I had really bad crippling depression. So her therapist said once a day, you need to get out of the house. It doesn't matter what it's for. Like walk to the mall, walk around, don't buy anything, just walk around or go like anywhere. You need to immerse yourself into public or nature once a day. So, and I, I, I see that now, like the days, there were days that I didn't leave my house, like days at a time, days at a time. And for when I had my son, weeks at a time that I was not leaving the house because even to get up, I feel myself getting emotional, even to get up and like go to Walmart, you know, to go buy lunch was just this, like, for me, it was so difficult and my heart breaks like if you're a new mother I'm sending you all of my love right now and like empathy because oh my god those times like yes everyone tells you in the moment like you're gonna look back at this and be nostalgic and I totally am like I totally do get that way that I'm like oh picking up toys on the floor like I do gonna miss that but I remember being in the moment and people saying that like well you're gonna miss it one day like okay well that doesn't make me feel better either because that means that I should be enjoying this way more than I am and now I feel guilty and that's what I'm talking about now. It's that same pattern of like the guilt of not recording a podcast or not, you know, going and dropping off paperwork. I've this there's this thing that's looming over my head right now. We're changing over the title of a car and for some reason that task feels crippling to me. And now that I'm researching, I I was just watching um this video and it was talking about some something to do with like a processing disorder. I don't know because I I haven't studied it enough at length, but I saved the video because I was like, hold on, I need a minute to like process this. But it was basically talking about, you know, one of the symptoms of autism is or any neurodivergence is and I feel like I'm getting off topic. I'm going to try to get back on, but it's processing um or the or these tasks that make it feel like life or death, and I need to see if I can find the link. Um, but she said that sometimes these tasks feel like life or death, and it's not because you know that, like you know in your mind consciously, like doing the dishes is not actually going to kill me. But sometimes it does feel that way, and I'll get hung up on that, and then and then the shame spiral starts, and then the guilt, and you know, it just it compiles on top of each other. So all of that to say, (laughs) I noticed that over the last week. And of course I noticed it before I got sick. Right. So little things, little signs from the universe (laughs) telling me you need to relax, you need to rest. And I was like, no, I've been resting. Like things have been going too well. I've been too like calm and things have been too easy. So I need to throw myself back into work to prepare for the inevitable, like other shoe to drop, right? And that's obviously a story that I tell myself. And part of Brooke's advice was to see that version of yourself that's telling you that story. So in my head, I can see them now, like the past versions of me coming to me saying, something's wrong, you know, and it's, and, and obviously every time, every situation is a different version of me. So I'm working with like, when they come to me, because we talked about it on the podcast last week. You should really listen to it. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with her. And I've been working so hard on the things, like implementing the things that we talked about. But one of the things I said was, um, you know, I know that releasing my ex is something that I need to do. And I basically compared it to an alarm clock going off and I'm pushing the emotional snooze button. Like, I know that it's time to get up. I know that it's time to let him go, right? My body knows that. My mind knows that. But then there's that person that doesn't want to, you know, that's putting it off. Even though I'm only hurting myself, right? Because when you snooze, like, you're not really getting any more sleep. You're just kind of half-ass sleeping. So you're not really resting anymore. You know, the rest is over. You're just taking away the time that you have to get ready. So you're just making yourself late and making, giving yourself less time by doing this. You know, it's basically procrastinating my healing or my releasing of him. So she said, you know, whenever we were talking about it, I said the version of myself that I saw in my head that was like, no, 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 we can't let him go. She came up to me like frantically and was grabbing, like pulling on my clothes 
And it was like, no, 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 we can't. No, you cannot let him go. Like, what's going to happen? And and she was just telling me all these things. And it was very, I mean, it was kind of trippy. Like, working with your inner self, your younger self, but also just that internal family system is what Gabby Bernstein calls it. But it's just all the versions of me that are coming together. So the part of me that's scared to release him, I tell her, like Brooke says, tell her, I see you. And I hear you and you're safe and just confirm that that belief that she has that's creating this like limiting belief that's creating this feeling of fear of releasing him. Tell her it's going to be okay and we're going to move through it. Like I'm here for you. It's okay. It's okay that you're scared, but we've got to keep moving forward. So I'm going to hold your hand, but we're going to walk together. Okay. So I can't explain to you. I keep trying to tell that in that. Um, technique in different ways because I cannot tell you how helpful it has been for me. But that brings me to the actual topic of what I wanted to talk about, which was the term spiritual hangover. And there's not really a lot of stuff out here. And I do want to try to talk um, with other people in the spiritual community about it and just kind of pick their brains. Cause I feel like there's not really a lot of like research out there on this term, but it was actually Gabby Bernstein's podcast. She said the term spiritual hangover. And I was like, oh my God, that, that is what I feel like. I have been on this journey for two years and I don't want it to stop. Like, that's the thing. I love the feeling and you do kind of get, I don't want to say addicted to it, but kind of like you get this, I mean, this rush because you're in bliss state, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, if you get addicted to a substance, like anything in excess, I think is too much. And I think I would have had a different opinion and it may change my mind again, but I think I would have had a differing opinion a couple of years, maybe months ago that you can't have too much, like being connected to source, you can never have too much. But I think being connected to source in a healing manner, there can be too much because funnily enough, it's kind of all tied together because I heard another podcast. It's the highest self podcast by Sahara Rose. And she said, I think it was the title was, are you addicted to shadow work? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe like, because it's all I think about, like the, the things that I record about on my podcast that is centered around trauma. <laughs> like, trauma. I'm always researching, but it's also all of the things that I do in my life. Like the reason that I talk about this stuff is because it's what's always on my mind, right? So not just am I coming in here and recording every day or, you know, every whatever week about these things, but almost every day because I'm, you know, making some TikTok or writing something, I'm always expressing this, even if it's just to my friends. This is always something that I'm talking about. And I love it. Like I love it. I love helping people to heal. I love healing myself. I think that we do it together. I think it brings us together and gives us a community and a safe place. And I told Brooke when I was connecting to the purpose of this podcast was I really wanted to create a safe space that I didn't have. So like, I love that. It's my purpose in life. I know that. However, between writing about it and like, making these scenes for a show about trauma and healing and my healing journey. All those things are in my head constantly. So I'm like writing scenes. I'm saving music because if I hear a song and this scene plays out in my head, I'll write it down and I, cause I see it in my head. So I'll, you know, I'll write it down. So I'm always going through these things and it is so much energy. Like it is so much energy. And then on top of that, I'm also doing my 30 days of yoga. And I told you I was going to give an update. This is day, let me see, I wrote it down, um, 25. And it's 25 days straight. I'm still doing amazing. Um, I'm proud of myself. That seems to be the overall theme of what I'm, because I'm journaling too. That was the added layer, right? Um, so day 25, I just wrote it down. And the overall theme has just been like, I'm really fucking proud of myself for showing up because I was worried that I couldn't be consistent twice. So on top of all the other stuff going on, right? I'm 
also journaling and meditating. As soon as my yoga's over, I've been trying to do a 10-minute meditation. So, like, I'm making that part of my day every day. And I'm trying to integrate. It's called habit stacking. Tony Robbins calls it habit stacking. So, doing something that maybe you don't want to do or that you want to start doing but can't really find the motivation to do. Um, Stacking that with something else. So, like, brushing your teeth, for example, is something he says that you can kind of anchor to... Whatever it is, maybe something that you forget. So like setting an alarm. I do that every night when I set my, my Apple watch on the charger, I charge my headphones. It's all these things you stack together so that you can remember to do them. Right. And you're building and progressing. And that's what I've been doing with the journaling. I've been trying to integrate journaling and meditation. Cause I know that meditation has been something that has helped me so much. And I know I put it off for a long time. I kind of um, resisted because I, I think I, I knew that it helped, but I guess I didn't think that I could commit to doing it every day or I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's something I'll have to dig into. Um, but then I work on the, the journaling was another thing because I kept saying, you know, I want to be a writer. I want to write, like I want to write. I want people to take me seriously as a writer, but you know what writers do? That's right. They write. So I was like, I'm not, how can you, how can I be a writer if I don't write every day? So I started, I've started trying to write every day and whether that be journaling, cause even if nothing else was like journaling is writing, like write anything, write. I don't feel like writing today, you know, whatever it is, I have been doing a little entry and I've proven to myself, I think that I could be consistent. And I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but it's been something that I have repeatedly Um, expressed gratitude to myself for that the first version of me who did this yoga 30 days of yoga with Adrian challenge which if you don't know it's the 30 days straight right so I, I needed to do the yoga challenge of day one through 30 never miss a day last time if I missed a day I had to start back from day one And this time, part of it was I was going to share my journey, even though I hadn't completed it yet, which felt very, like, vulnerable for me to say, like, hey, because I'm on day 25, right? So if tomorrow something happened and I failed, I would have to come back to you, all of you guys, and say, I I messed up. And, like, I can feel that in my chest right now, talking about acknowledging feelings. I felt it, like, in my throat. I could feel the hesitation of, like, Ew, I would hate that. I would hate to tell people that I failed. And I mean, recognizing why is probably, and this is kind of like in real time, is because in the past, if I said I failed, it was very much like I told you so energy from from a lot of people in my life. Not everyone, but a lot of people in my life. That's kind of a recurring thing that I'm trying to work through. And while we're talking about this, I'm talking about a spiritual hangover. I'm literally going through right now and like doing shadow work, which is what I'm saying. <laughs> like That's what I'm saying. It's like this in my head all the time, you know, and I love it. Again, I love it, but it is exhausting. So I told myself, even if nothing else for 30 days, I'm going to do the yoga and add on the layer of the journaling, but I'm not going to do anything else. And, you know, I would say probably... 16 days in, maybe earlier, but that's earliest I can remember it. Um, The panic kind of started to set in and that's when I could feel myself like I was getting sick and I was really tired. I was also going through a lot of stuff with like family and whatever. So there's been a whole other, you know, because there always is. Everyone's got shit going on. I'm not trying to be like, oh, poor me. But like, fuck, man. Like, I'm trying to say that I like I did have a lot going on and the person being hard on myself was me. Right. So. I have this, it's actually a cookie jar from my grandmother, but I have it with a ton of notes in there. It's just little folded up pieces of paper. And I wrote down just keywords that I could use for yoga classes. This was my intentional theme. So I wrote down like um, garden and warrior and grow and stability and whatever and it was just these one word things so I would put them in the jar and then I could pull them out and then inspiration you know maybe that would be my inspiration or maybe that would be like setting my intentions that's kind of what it ended up being anyway was I was doing it before a yoga class and I wasn't preparing 
of course, because, you know, like my favorite fucking thing to do is just goddamn wing it. So I wasn't preparing any like outlines for the yoga poses. I was just going in there with the idea of the theme and kind of building around that, the poses, correlating with the chakras, whatever, and then integrating. And it was beautiful and I loved it. So I was like, Let me, what if I started doing this on a bigger scale and I started setting my intention of the day with this word? So, so the other day I had the, you know, I drew my word of the day and I was setting my intention. And when I picked up the card, it said self-love. And I was like, oh, what a beautiful card, right? So I started my day. I did my little yoga. I was meditating. You know, obviously that's the thing. And I went through and it was a day off. I remember that much. Um, and it had been all day after the first, you know, hour or two, like I said earlier, I have those first hour or two where I have things set in stone that I do. But then after that, when I'm left with too much free time or like freedom and no structure, I get overwhelmed and I get stressed out. So I made that mistake a few days ago and I didn't have any real structure. So I just kind of guilted myself all day about what to do. And then, I mean, honestly, hours of like back and forth of stressing, like, what do I do? And not even sitting, this is, this is the craziest thing when it happens, right? I stress out about not knowing what to do. So I won't even sit down and be comfortable. And it's not on purpose, but like, I'll sit, I'll catch myself, you know, sitting in the least comfortable chair or like not even making myself comfortable because I'm so in that, like, I guess really it's probably the freeze, like trauma stage. If I'm just frozen, like I don't know what to do. So I get overwhelmed and I just sit there like watching hours of TikTok. And this is, again, this is very rare. This was out of character for me, which is how I noticed it. Because I was like, how did that happen so fast, right? Like all of a sudden I'm just dissociating. I don't want to, it's not that I want to give up all of my habits because I was still doing them. And that's kind of what confused me the most was like, I'm still doing yoga. I'm still doing meditation and I'm still sad what's wrong? Like what's wrong? And nothing was wrong. (laughs) I just panicked. So I made myself miserable and I kept telling myself, you know, it's in the indecision because again, food issues, you know, I got stuck with not knowing what to eat. And I was like, well, I need to go get something downtown, but you know, I didn't want to go and get food here. So I was like, you know, I, I can't have two different places. And I got like, I can feel myself now. Like the, the anxiety rises up in my chest. My shoulders are up next to my ears. I'm just like, my jaw is clenching. My hands are clenching. Everything's just fucking clenched. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I got to eat. And then I look up and it's been four hours and I haven't eaten. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just leave the house. Like, what are you doing? Just leave, just leave. And that's what I told myself, you know, with the therapist saying you have to leave the house once a day. I hadn't left the house. So I was like, that's it, you know, and the gym sometimes helps. But again, it's gotten kind of cold, uh, at least where I'm from. It's cold outside. So most days I can bear it, but it, you know, it's like 32 degrees. And I went this morning, it was like 36 degrees. But you know, if it's cold or if it's rainy, cause it had been rainy. So seasonal depression settling in, like the sunshine is not out there. I don't want to go on my walk. So now all of a sudden I'm inside for too long and it gets easier to, like deny going out with my friends or worse, I start like, or worse, hang out with them (laughs) or worse. I'm calling them needing that. that It was kind of like that codependency came up and I noticed it because I'm so proud of myself. I noticed it and I noticed it with me wanting to call, you know, the guy that I shouldn't see. I really need to come up with like a nickname for him besides toxic dick appointment, but that's really who it was. Let's be real. Like, and so I caught myself wanting to like call him up and I noticed it and I was like, okay, like, why do you think that's going to make you feel better? Cause it's not because it has in the past, like that's an old outdated belief and easy button that you want to push, but we're not going to do it. We're just going to sit here in this discomfort and it's not a bad thing, right? Because I'm kind of saying two things that seem like they're opposite, but they're not of, I was sitting in that discomfort of like, this is, I know that this is what's best for me. And the easy thing to do would be for me to go and call him. But is it, am I going to feel better tomorrow? And the last couple of times I've done it, I have not. So like, no, that, that, that easy button isn't serving us anymore. So we need to let it go. Right. But then what I was talking about earlier of like sitting in the uncomfortable chair, that's, that's unnecessary suffering, right? So rather than just going to pick something to eat and being 
Like, eh, well, I, I didn't love it, you know. But being fed, I've, I stressed and I put so much pressure because I was giving myself one meal to eat in the day, you know, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> we'll talk about it like one thing at a time. So I've got all this pressure of like, well, you can't, you know, leave the, you can't leave a house and go to two different places. So you need to find something that you can eat and do all these things and run all these errands in this one spot. Like, and it, and then I get crippled because, you know, that place doesn't fucking exist. Says maybe Walmart, but it was not the case this time. And Target's usually the answer, but it wasn't this time. And that's how I knew, like, that's how I knew things were bad. (laughs) So like, I'm feeling all this stuff come up. So I was like, whatever, just get out of the house. I'll go get food. Like, I'm going to feed you. Let's go. So, and I'm talking to myself, right? So, I, I leave the house and I'm driving through on the way to, it was my, actually my old job where my friend was at work. So, I was going to go see her. And I was driving down this back road and I thought about, I kind of checked back in with my intention of the day, which was self-love. And I checked back in and was like, okay, how have you shown self-love today? And as soon as I asked the question, the visual in my head is that my body separated, like, it was like my soul came out of my body, but my soul that came out was in the shape of my body, okay? And I saw it talking to me, and I was like, how have I shown myself self-love today? And she pulled out, and she said, you made me work out twice today, and you starved me. Oof. I was like, oof. That was like a punch in the gut. Because it was true. Like, your only thing that you were supposed to do today was love yourself. And rather than do that, you stressed yourself out all day unnecessarily over nothing. Nothing. And then when you were done being miserable... You went to go get food and and then I wanted to overindulge, right? Then I guilted myself about that and then overindulged. And it's sort of that like um, the binging thing, you know, that comes in. And then I feel guilt. So then I overeat and then I feel sick and like with myself, you know, and also like physically. So I realized I had been starving myself. But again, I've been doing 30 days of yoga. So I'm working out at least you know, 30 minutes a day doing yoga. Plus my job is really physical. So I'm burning calories, but I'm not feeding myself. And then I realized like that has been something that I think, I don't know which comes first. It's kind of a chicken or the egg situation, I think, because the eating, I don't want to call it an eating disorder, but I mean, it is, but I don't want to like identify with that, you know, so that it, it kind of, um, reaffirms itself. You know what I mean? I don't want to keep speaking that into existence. I am working with my relationship with food is how like healed Dahlia would say it. Right. But I think as soon as whatever it is that switches in me that says, you know, the food that you were eating before you don't like anymore. And it's, I mean, it's like food fixations basically, but you know, every now and then I find something and I can eat it for months and months and months. And then when I'm tired of it, I panic because now I have to find something new. Nothing sounds good at all. And I'm overwhelmed. And then guess what? Beautiful cycle of not fucking eating does not make your depression any better. And it doesn't give you the energy to do the things you need to do. So then you lay down because you're tired. And then you feel guilty because you lay down. But you're watching Netflix. And then you guilt yourself about that. So then you watch Netflix to make yourself feel better. And then it's just one thing after another after another. And it's all these little things until you turn around. And you feel like you're 25 steps away from where you were supposed to be. You know? Like you took a wrong turn. And now... You're 10 miles up the road and you're like, fuck, now I have to turn around and drive all the way back. Like, there's nothing you can do. You're just far away. And I know I tell myself and my friends all the time, like, you you always feel really far away, but you're not. You're not. So, even if you think, like, I veered away 10 miles off course, it, it doesn't mean it's going to take you 10 miles to get back on point. Do you understand? You can reroute. But the second that you notice it, just... Giving yourself the grace of being like, okay, all right, you took a wrong turn. That's not really that big of a deal. (laughs) It's not really that big of a deal. And guess what? If my whole job was to show myself self-love that day, 
guess what's not fucking self-love? Shaming yourself. Being like, yeah, you piece of shit. You were supposed to love me and you didn't. Is that someone that you want to love? Like, is that someone you want to love? No. Right? No. But this is all something that I've been working on. So now I say all this again. I'm I'm coming back to the spiritual hangover and the burnout that I've been experiencing. Of course, I've been trying to resist it. But, like, I need to check back in with the initial idea that... My only job for the next 30 days is to do yoga for 30 days straight, right? And I'm on day 25, like for the next five days. If all you do, I mean, obviously besides, you know, like take care of my kid. (laughs) But as far as like extra tasks, if all you do is yoga and journal, then you've done the 1% better. You know, you've taken that extra step towards growth. And that's what I'm doing. And, And if you can't do it, Also, it's not anything worth shaming yourself over, you know, like obviously you want to hold yourself accountable, but we have to have grace with ourselves. So like when I got sick and needed to slow down, I gave myself a day, which is growth. I'll give myself that. Like That's growth because normally I wouldn't have given myself a day. But when you say like, oh, I'm going to rest and relax. And then it's been two weeks and you're like, okay, um, I rested. I relaxed. Where's my shit? Like now I got to get back to work. I got to make up for lost time. I got to do like, no, your life is meant to be enjoyed. And that's basically what the Tahara Rose podcast was talking about. The, you know, never stopping the healing process. Like you can't always be, diving into like what you know because it's such a serious nature and the universe wants to experience itself in every aspect right you want to enjoy the rewards like there's it would be like gardening all the time and never eating the fruits of your labor like you plant a bunch of vegetables and then you just well that was nice and then you let them die in the garden like what what was the point of all the work if you don't eat the food you know what I'm saying? Damn, that's a that's like a channel message that should not come from me but it is 100% the case that's like, that's where we are. I need to, I've talked about, you know, being better about celebrating myself, but not even celebrating these huge milestones because I'm bad at that too, or I have been bad at that in the past. But now I need to work on enjoying just the everyday moment and being present, being in the present moment, which again, I'm very proud of myself because I have done And those moments have come back because I realized that I've been in fight or flight like 99% of my existence. So when I check back in and I'm able to be in that present moment, the best way I can describe it, I feel like I did when I was a teenager. But like in a good way because there were so many rough teen years. But then that's when I realized that the not necessarily teen years either um, early teen years like middle school before teenage, high school, whatever kind of set in. I realized that it was because in junior high that's when I was not masking like I didn't or not masking as much you know maybe to my parents but it wasn't this like full-on front of me pretending to be the person that everyone was going to like because that's what it was and I I kind of prided myself in my authenticity of like I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks no the image of me that everyone liked was the person that said I don't give a fuck what everyone thinks (laughs) It's a character, you know what I mean? It's an insecure girl playing a character that doesn't give a fuck, but she's good at acting, so people buy it. Like, that's what happened. And now, I was giving an update on yoga, but I also wrote down to give an update on my unmasking journey, because I've actively been working on that, of figuring out, like, who I even am, and that whole existential crisis, but... It's, I don't think it's necessarily that I have to figure out who I am. I think I just have to stop being what I'm not. So I've been doing that. And rather than trying to go from always masking to just completely being like, I'm free, you know, because it doesn't exactly uh, happen that way in my experience. I have tried to do just at least a little bit of a time, find kind of a safe place to start with um, and then reward yourself even with like a good job you know a little pat on the back of times that you have unmasked and and felt good about it right when you have shown your true self even if it was scary and you're like oh my god they probably thought it was so awkward be like but yet you were you you know like you weren't pretending and that felt good didn't it it did and then you talk yourself kind of into it 
and like rewarding that good behavior. And for me with looking people in the eye, eye contact is difficult sometimes. So rather than shaming myself that I wasn't able to maintain eye contact for an entire conversation, maybe I would say, you locked eyes with that guy for five seconds. And he was scary because he reminded you of your dad. (laughs) That's what I had to tell. Like, that was a man in power or, like, that was your boss. And you maintained eye contact for 10 seconds before you looked away. Like, amazing. Next time we go for 15, you know. And then you build it up and then it becomes less of an issue. But don't go from, like, I don't look people in the eyes because it's uncomfortable to, like, I'm never going to stop staring at these people when they talk. And, like, I'm not even going to fucking blink. I'm maintaining all the eye contact, like, no, it doesn't have to be that extreme. And that's kind of a recipe for like, first of all, disaster, because they're going to think you're fucking creepy, but also a recipe for like failure because no one goes from just all or nothing. You know, it's like a daily practice. So all that to say, I was going to be like, I'm not recording a long podcast. This is going to be like an hour long podcast. Um, but I've got a bit of a spiritual hangover And I need the rest and I need not only sleep because I definitely need that and food. (laughs) And I woke up, you guys will be proud of me. I woke up this morning and I made myself breakfast, even though it didn't sound good. I said, you know, I think of it, my friend told me to think of it like XP in a video game. Like, you know how Mario had, Mario was the only video game I played, but Mario had the little lives and he got the mushrooms that were his lives. Like when you run out of lives, you die. So you need to collect them. When you see the mushrooms, collect them, you know? So that's why I say with food now is like, I need to get this to keep going, like to live. So just go pick up the mushroom, go, even though you don't want to eat the food, like even if it's, it needs to be something. And again, this was another red flag. I'm going back now, but the red flags that I noticed, uh, a lot of processed food, a lot of Sugar and not natural sugar, because that's usually my thing is like grapes and apples and stuff. But like super wanting processed food. And I eat Quest bars. If y'all know me, oh my god, I fucking love Quest bars. They're like my weakness. But they are processed. And that I at one point I had gotten down to where I was trying to eliminate as much processed foods as I could. But that was my like non-negotiable. It was like I'm not getting rid of my fucking Quest bars. I refuse. Uh, but I was, I was leaning on like two of those a day and then I bought like a frozen dinner, which never happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, there's no, you know, shame in that. But for me, that's like, a we're further in than we thought red flag. You understand? So it's like a, I don't know why this just came to me, but like, you know, like a stage in cancer. So like a stage four diagnosis that, that. When I'm eating processed food and sleeping on the couch and wearing a robe, we're in stage four. Like, code fucking red, bitch. You need to go on a walk or, like, phone a friend. Do something because we're, like, you're you're in danger. The alarms are going off. So, cooking myself food. I told myself this morning I was going to make myself a little breakfast. So, I did. I made my little eggs and my little turkey bacon. And it was delicious. And I sat down and then... I was like, "Mm, I'm putting off doing what I need to do. But like, what do I need to do? And that's what I was telling y'all that I got wrapped up in this whole fucking spiral of feeling unproductive. And all this started, by the way, because I'm too late, two days late on a podcast. Like that's, do we see that? Like, (laughs) do you see? It's me talking to myself. Like, do you see? You see that's a problem, right? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I do see that. Um, So all that to say, I ended up recording. So fuck it. I stress for nothing. Go figure. But I do want to be completely open with you guys because, you know, I always am. But um, I remember telling someone the other day, I was like, I don't want you to ever get the indication that I actually know what the fuck is going on. Like, I am out here winging it and doing my best and I can tell you how I got through it. Like, that's what this whole podcast is about is me being like, "Uh, I don't know, y'all, but this is what I did so you can you know, try this that worked or definitely don't fucking do that because that did not work for me at all, you know, and you make your own decisions from that. But this is just me like sharing my experience with you. So I was like, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, be under the uh, indication that I have anything figured out. Um, But I'm definitely trying and acknowledging that I've had this spiritual hangover. I'm still obviously, I mean, I'm still going to do it. It's like my life. I can't not do it, you know. Um, But I want to just kind of be gentle with myself and take time to enjoy my life and do something fun. Like what? 
But finding something that's healthy and fun is the issue. But I've been creating more. Like I said, I've been writing, reconnecting to that has been fantastic. I've reconnected to painting and like art, drawing. Love it. I forgot. And that was also, by the way, my junior high and high school self. I mean, my whole life I've been creative, but that's when I was really connecting to like painting and sewing. And it was my escape. It was because I had not the most fun (laughs) being in my house or being at school. And when I was off by myself painting or doing whatever, writing these scripts in my head, which is what I've done like literally since I was a child, that's when I had the most fun. And that's when I was enjoying my life. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to actually finish watching Wednesday on Netflix, which if you haven't watched it, oh my God, go watch it. It's beautiful. Like the whole show is stunning and I'm not done with the storyline, obviously, but the writing is incredible and I was not sure about the cast, but it was also amazing. Um, and it's fucking Tim Burton. Like, are you kidding me? Wednesday Adams, the family of outcasts, the whole show is about like outcasts. And when I was watching it, I was like, um, Wednesday and all the people who go to Nevermore are neurodivergence. And then the regular, like quote, regular people in the, um, Oh God, what's the town called? Jericho are neurotypicals (laughs) just like misunderstood so like it's so far up my alley I love it so much and I basically feel like I'm doing research when I'm watching it because it helps me it inspires me so so much and that is what I enjoy and by the way I can tell the difference just to give you like words of encouragement too I can tell the difference between me binging a Netflix show because it's inspiring me and binging mindless television like mindlessly watching television there is a distinct difference and you can tell because when you walk away from it you either feel good and refreshed or you feel really shitty so in this last few minutes of this podcast I just want to say while we're talking about celebrating successes November 28th 2022 was the two-year birthday anniversary I want to say birthday because it's my little baby of bitchopedia and I just want to say who would have thought? Who thought we'd be here? Not me. No, definitely me. Definitely me. Two years ago, I had the idea for this podcast and it has turned into something that is so fucking beautiful. Like, I can't tell you how much I love it. I feel like I have connected to my soul's purpose. So at the end of, um, I don't know if it's at the end of the year or at the end of my year, uh, Spotify, who my podcast is through, it's made through Anchor, which is a Spotify um, under the Spotify umbrella. We'll do Spotify wrapped, but it's for your podcast. So I just want to say that in 2022, it says that I created 97% more than the average creator. So like, bitch, why are you stressing yourself? Why are you guilting yourself? You know, sometimes these receipts come in, the numbers come in and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You need, it's like a reminder. Not that the numbers matter. I told you those numbers don't fucking matter, but sometimes you can look at them and be like, see, Do you see um, my most popular episode that has 335% more streams than my average episode is my favorite episode to this day, I think, Holding Trauma in Our Bodies with Nate Ortiz. If you haven't listened, go listen right now. Um, And then it said, what percentage of your listeners follow your podcast? You guys, 45% of y'all follow this podcast. Can I tell you when I read that? I had so much gratitude and appreciation for y'all. Like, I feel like I know y'all. And I know when you listen to a podcast, you're like, I feel like I know you too. But like, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel so connected to everyone who listens. You tune in every week. And if you're new, obviously fucking welcome. But my whole idea was that I wanted to create like I said this safe place I wanted to create this kind of community for people and united in trauma like if if we don't have anything else in common we've all been fucking hurt and a lot of times our hurts and our trauma they have these intersection where these intersections where we can understand each other and you see that similar pain and you can relate to people. And that is what 
I wanted to build. Like that's what I wanted the whole brand to be. And then it says that 94% of my listeners discovered me in 2022. So like everyone knew, welcome. I always assume, of course, it doesn't make any sense that I would assume this, but I always assume that people have been listening like since the beginning and I don't even go back and listen to my new episodes. I mean, my old episodes, I'll do it one day, but like I'm not there mentally. Um, <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm going to cringe. And I might not, but I'm putting it off. Um, this is another emotional snooze time. But the beginning, what it started out as was so different. And it was, you know, beautiful. But it's really evolved into something that I stand behind. And I love so much. And I'm glad that you guys love it. And I, I, I'm glad that you guys tune in. And I'm going to stop rambling about this. Because I know, like, statistics are not always... Are not always the most exciting things to listen to, but I just wanted to tell y'all that if you have something that you want to do and you have a vision, just keep pushing forward towards it because I know that I truly love it because this is not what uh, supports me financially yet, <laughs> yet, but I know that that's what I want and I know that I really love it because for two years I have come on here and talked about my shit for free <laughs> even when it could have destroyed my life. Like I put it all out there with the like running the risk of a boss or an ex or a friend or an enemy or something, you know, coming on here and like attacking me on the internet because that's what I always feel like. It's like I record it and I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to hate me. But now that this whole journey has been kind of me overcoming that and I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where like I love you guys and I feel like I'm not being honest with you if I don't share my whole self and my unmasked self. And I feel like y'all love the unmasked version of me and I like I love you for that the only thing I've ever wanted was to be seen and to be understood but now I feel like I'm really moving into an era of great peace and that's because now I'm understanding that it's okay if I'm not understood like it's it, it's going to be okay you know there is going to be someone who understands me and there are going to be people like there are people who understand me but not everyone is going to understand me and I I have to be okay with that you know. So, uh, I'm done being emotional now and just like bragging on you guys, but I really do appreciate it. And I could sit here and talk for another 30 minutes, just telling y'all how much I appreciate it, but I'm sending you guys all the love and gratitude. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go watch Wednesday now and maybe get crazy and feed myself twice in one day. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I love y'all so much.